0: Welcome to the Ka high club. Roll up. Let's take a rip. me tell you the world is yours. Yeah bitch. Hell fucking low and welcome back to Calm Motherfucking High Club Episode 14. And yeah, bitch. It's fucking Friday fucking excited off of work um i feel like i'm starting to get a little sick again i hope not but it's kind of nice outside right now we got some good fights coming up we got the draft on later the first round of the draft was yesterday got a bunch of sport things to talk about uh, and also life be happening too i forget about life sometimes But that doesn't even make sense. How do you forget about life when you live in life? So I don't know. Yeah, man. It's Friday. Uh, Had a decent amount of, of work this week. Got a lot of it done. Most of it. I'll have some things I still will have to do next week but and of course things will pile on top of that. Uh just kinda never ending. Um but that's that's cool. At least I keep busy. It's better than sitting around doing nothing. Like the fucking first couple weeks of this of this job I had when I first started over a year ago now was I did nothing. They just told me to study, -study. self-study. And so, this guy who actually no longer works there anymore, I believe his name was Vivek, just gave me two books and told me to read them. Even though he wasn't on my own team, I read both of the books. Uh, They're pretty much intro books to the technology I'd be working on. It was good information for somebody who's never seen the technology, but it's pretty much you know, I could learn that shit in, like, 10 minutes of, you know, just playing around in the UI, just playing around on the website, on the user interface, but, uh, I don't want to fucking talk about my job, so let's, let's just chill with that, man, um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, a bunch of things happened, I guess, in the past, uh, the past whatever, past couple of days, um, yeah, I had a plan to talk about shit and start this off. You know, I got things written down, they're all sport things related, but now you know, got the first smoke of the day in after work on a Friday, on a Friday high day. Uh I don't know. I'm just kinda babbling and um You either along for the ride or you're not. Or you are or you're not. You know? Um <laughs> But yeah, um, so I guess the NFL draft, uh, the first round happened last night, so I'll talk about that first since we got the rest of the draft tonight. But um, I'm definitely not going to talk about the second through seven rounds. I might come back here on another episode and talk about the Eagles picks just because I'm an Eagles fan. Um, Yeah, uh, I guess the biggest... Uh, stories, quote unquote, out of the draft, out of the first round, or the quarterbacks, obviously, um, so all dick ride quarterbacks. Uh, even though you know they are the f- f- most important position on the field, believe it or not, um, I don't know who can argue with that. There was some study that Harvard did, I believe, um, confirming or like st- literally statistically proving that quarterback was the most important position and I don't really remember who it was. I think this guy named Clay Travis who does some sports reporting, I'm not even sure like with who, like with what organization, or he does like freelancing work, or he does his own thing. You know, he does a high club version, but obviously on a much bigger scale. (laughs) Um, What was I talking about? I don't even know about the quarterbacks, oh yeah, and yeah, the fucking that Harvard study that' saying proving that quarterbacks are the statistically most important position, uh and that guy, Clay Travis was just like, oh yeah, thank you for you know telling us Harvard, you're so smart, like such we you know cutting edge work you did there by statistically proving that quarterbacks most like important position um like cool like like we didn't already fucking know that anybody that knows or watches football is like ah oh, the quarterback he does a lot he touches the ball every play and uh yeah, he he gets the most yards and most points a lot of the times you know fucking anybody that's ever watched a game of football knows that so thanks Harvard uh, you guys are doing great work. You guys are doing great work. Um, I'm sure they actually are. To do- other people are doing great work. Um, I just had a nice little voice crack there. I guess I'm still seventeen, um, which I guess would be cool. Can you imagine being seventeen? I wanna wanna go back to seventeen. What was I fucking? Was fucking high school senior year? Nah, fuck that. I wanna wanna go back. Hell no. Always moving forward. But if I was 17 now. In the position I'm at now. Like if I was in my 17 year old body. Now I still want it. Because I was smaller. Yeah. I wouldn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I want to fucking go back. Fuck that. Um. Well, what? Where am I going? How does your mind think dude? How do you get from. NFL Draft, and what was it? I don't even know. Talking about being 17? Fuck that. Um, (laughs) NFL Draft, of course, the biggest news are the quarterbacks. Um, Kyle Kyle Murray from Oklahoma went number one overall to the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, A lot of people kind of expected that. Uh, He was a huge betting favorite to be number one pick. And... It happened, Uh, very predictable, I guess. Uh, And it was, I guess, it was kind of up in the air, supposedly. But then the Cardinals drafted or drafted uh, hired uh, Cliff Kingsbury as their head coach, and he has uh, past experience with Murray and has an offense suited for Murray. uh, You know, the fast pace, uh, you know, stretch it vertically and horizontally, uh, passing game, and just quick, um, you know, that quick hitting a quick hitter (laughs) um so yeah it was pretty much a foregone conclusion once they signed him that murray was most likely going to be the number one pick and of course you know they just they drafted uh was it josh rosen from last year it was josh rosen right last year what pick was he i don't remember what pick he was he drafted in the first round by the Cardinals I knew that I want to fucking okay but not till the 10th pick but yeah they drafted a guy in the first round last year and you know now they drafted a guy with the number one overall pick uh so they kinda I mean they'll most likely have to get rid of Rosen or you know trade him I don't know how you know how good the market will be um or either they'll just have him on the bench and see how it uh, works out. I don't know. I don't think so, cause he still hasn't really proven himself. I thought he sh- I thought Rosen showed some flashes last year, uh, and had some good made some good plays, but just overall the Cardinals team just wasn't good last year. Uh, offensive line was very shaky. Um, I do have Fitz, and I believe Fitz is retired now, right? Larry Fitzgerald is he retired? Brah the hell's nights nice. yeah he definitely has he definitely had to yeah i don't know I don't know I have no idea honestly if he's still playing damn I should know that I feel like he said he retired but I don't know I'm literally about to type in did Larry Fitzgerald <laughs> I typed in did after just lurching searching Larry Fitzgerald and is the first thing that comes up is did Larry Fitzgerald retire that's exactly what I was looking for thank you uh, December of last year I'll let you know if I decide to retire oh he's not retiring January 23rd this year yeah so I guess he's not oh yeah he re-signed fuck yeah so they'll have Fitzgeralds again now with Murray I mean they had him last year and Rosen wasn't um you know, I think the offensive line was just really bad, and David Johnson got hurt. Um, so they really had no running game after that. And the defense wasn't very good either. So um, the offense was on the field, and, you know, they didn't really get too many plays. And a lot of times they found themselves really far behind. And, can, you know, I don't know. And I don't know if Kyle Murray is going to change that. They still got a lot of holes on that team. Um I don't think they had any other picks in the first round. they will see what they do for the rest. Um, you know, I think they have the number one pick to start off the second round. Um, 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 um. Fucking annoys me how many times I say um, man. Try to get better at that. <clears throat> I think if I just consistently keep doing this bullshit, I'll prob- hopefully get better. Otherwise, what's the point, you know? <laughs> um, so Mary went first I don't want to see on this I just want to see the data man just show me the data <sighs> Now, ever since I started actually working IT and getting paid for it um, the UIs on websites annoy me now just because it's so... Fancy and flashy, you got all these, you know, JavaScript functions and components and shit in here, and everything's sectioned off here and there. You know, it's pretty organized, yeah. But I don't know, I kind of just like the back end stuff. I don't know why. I would just look, I like looking into SQL and like where the data is and the tables themselves, and you know, seeing how they communicate to each other, what kind of functions are loading in, uh, you know, each table and how they're communicating and all that stuff, kind of tailed off there because I heard my neighbor open the door and fucking hi, but, uh, yeah, the Cardinals do have first pick in the second round, And so, yeah, hopefully they'll get somebody there that can fill a hole as well, Um, you know, right away. It says their needs here is offensive guard, so maybe they'll look to pick a a guard or a decent lineman coming up here. So, yeah, Kyler Murray went one, and then, of course, one of the Bosa's went number two to... uh, Nick Bosa went to fucking San Fran and I really liked that pick uh, San Francisco and then I got John Lynch there as the GM um, what's his name it's Kyle is it Kyle Shanahan yeah Kyle Shanahan's the coach there uh, hopefully Jimmy Garoppolo's coming back um, cause I think Jimmy Garoppolo is legit and He looked legit when he played last year. Um, he looked legit last year in the couple games he played. I think he was undefeated when they played. Then um, he got hurt and had to sit out the rest of the year. Um, but I thought he looked legit last year. I don't really remember where they're... their skill position players are looking like. You know, the receivers are running backs. Um, they seem like a decent guy. Uh, but the 49ers are, you know, in the past have been predicated on defense, and they want to have, you know, a tough defense out there. Um, and Nick Bosa would definitely – Nick Bosa, right? Nick Bosa will definitely commit to that. He'll definitely – Definitely add to that. Breaks the pressure off the edge in this NFL with the, you know, quick passing presence. you got to get a pass rush. you got to get that quarterback quick. Otherwise, your linebackers definitely don't stand a chance in coverage and cornerbacks and, and safeties don't either. After three seconds, it's tough. Um, it's really tough to cover a guy that knows where he's running, he knows the route, and you're just trying to follow him. And that's just, man, I mean, you can split up in zones and stuff too. Um you can't touch the guy and now you can't tackle him until he hits like catches the ball. Um it's tough, I think, and I've probably said this before. I think defensive backs, especially cornerbacks, the guys that can man up, you know, man man a guy, especially press him off the line. They're the best athletes overall in any sport, I think, just to, just physically. Um you know, they might not be able to run over you and, you know, lay the boom on you. Um, like some of the running backs or linebackers or the big ass D linemen or offensive linemen but as far as pure athleticism and agility and you know they still have some power um, I think cornerbacks are probably the most athletic you know some of the smaller guys though out there but they still make some tackles too every now and then <clears throat> yeah went so number two, and then what everyone's talking about is how Duke or the Giants went with Daniel Jones, the quarterback from Duke who played there, I believe, for all four years. Uh, they put up some decent numbers. Um, I guess they really liked him. He trained w- with the Mannings a lot all the time down at Duke. Uh, they do the Manning camps or whatever, and I know Daniel Jones would work out with them a lot. Uh, and if, obviously, the Giants... Uh, He have Eli Manning so I think I think excuse me I think the thing behind this pick is that they already know the kid you know Eli knows him so it's not like they're bringing in some guy that knows that or that's like trying to be cocky and like you know, forcibly trying to take Eli's spot. I'm not saying that'd be hard. I feel like any decent quarterback could probably do that in the NFL. Uh, at least the top 15 to 20 guys. Um, so I put Eli below my th- top 15 for sure. I guess I'd have to write on a list to see where he actually comes out, but I think most more than likely be under my top 15. But. <clears throat> Yeah, so I, I think, you know, Eli will play for like a year or two. And <clears throat> Jones will, you know, be there and waiting. And they're thinking that once he, once he's ready, they'll play. And he'll know the system and stuff. And he'll be off to the races. And I know a lot of people are shitting on the Giants because they know or they didn't draft Dwayne Haskins, a quarterback from Ohio State. Said he dropped all the way to number 15. And I kind of get why. I mean, Dwayne Haskins is fucking nasty. I thought he was really good out of, you know, those three guys. Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, and uh, Dwayne Haskins. I had Dwayne Haskins number one. And honestly, I'd probably have Daniel Jones number two and then Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyle Merley's definitely a talent definitely very athletic he can throw as well um he's kind of Russell Wilson esque but a lot shorter Not a lot shorter but shorter um We'll see how he fares out i don't I don't know why I just always feel iffy about guys, really small guys and I always get iffy about runners just running quarterbacks for some reason they don't seem to hold up the only one has been able to hold up is cam noon but Cam noon's also been injured as well. He's been injured a lot. He had some problems with his throwing shoulder for you know about two years now, and he's I don't I don't even know if it's still healthy. Um, that dude gets you know fucking almost a thousand yards rushing each year. Almost. I don't know, and I think I get iffy about it because my favorite player growing up was Michael Vick. Um, before I knew the fucking dog fighting, you know, incidents, and I actually loved Michael Vick even better when he came back after that served his jail time redeemed himself uh revitalized his character and his career uh you know sat the bench for a little while and then once he had the time to play he was just fucking electric he was actually a good passer and you know put up the only season he had the first season he ever had with more than 20 passing touchdowns and i always thought he was great and stuff um i mean he is great great athletic talent uh subpar quarterback you know overall um just the numbers aren't there the throwing numbers the accuracy numbers aren't there compared to you know the consistent pro bowlers you know and you know maybe that's just Vic and he just wasn't a thrower but I always get it, and you know he got hurt a lot so I'm always iffy about the guys that run around and rely on their feet a little too much um I didn't really see that from Russell Wilson I didn't pay attention to him much in college but some of the tape I liked and you know he doesn't he doesn't look to run he runs when either when he has to or when it benefits him when he's trying to you know get outside the pocket you know run away from the defenders chasing him or you know just have some fancy footwork in the pocket or just you know doing 360 spins to avoid guys or whatever you know he's just he's doing he's just moving because he has to or the play takes him there um he's not looking around with his feet and you know get, pick up you know 40 yards with whenever he runs um when Vic did that when Vic played he, he did that and he did it because he could and he did like Michael Vick has some of the most exciting runs ever in college and NFL history the dude was just a freak athlete, and it just didn't make sense how much faster, and more athletic he was than anybody on the field. And God, but but he more so looked to run, you know, where he was trying to make a play with his feet. He wasn't always necessarily trying to run, you know, risk the chance of it being intercepted, when he know he knew for the most part, definitely in college, definitely growing up, you know, in high school, he could just. Take the ball and run past everyone. Juke everybody out. Honestly, that was kind of a more higher percentage thing than throwing it sometimes across the middle of the field. Trying to read defenses, do your scouting and stuff beforehand. Um, It is what it is. Um, That's why I I liked... uh, Dwayne Haskins the most because he can run. He's a little he's a little athletic. He's not the most he's not, you know, athletic like Kyler Murray or Michael Vick, or Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson. But he can move around the pocket. Uh, he might not have as good moving ability as Cam Newton. But he he can definitely move, and he's not a runner. He's a passer. He's a pocket passer, um, and he moves outside the pocket when he has to. He's a big guy. Um, he can probably take a couple shots. And some of the throws he makes are just on on point. They're just dimes, and yeah. And you know I like Daniel Jones because he had four years at Duke. I knew he trained with the Mannings, so he's definitely some of that intellect and the knowledge of the game has got to rub off a little bit. Like it's not like he trained with them once. Like he's been training with them for years, because that's where the Manning passing camp came out of. I believe was at Duke. Um, I think I might have just made that up. I feel like I heard that. <laughs> but, you know, I've been hearing, I didn't even know the guy's name, but I knew the Mannings had been training down there and they've been training with the guy from Duke and that he's, he's, they say he's legit. And Payne Mannings, the, one of the most legit NFL quarterbacks ever. I put him number two. I have Brady one, him, Peyton Manning two. Um, We'll see where it ends up, but I think Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers will probably be up there as well. Drew Brees might be number three, honestly. Numbers might end up being better, but... Yeah, we'll see. I'm not trying to talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, so... Giants took Daniel Jones at six. And then Dwayne Haskins came up at 15. Or he fell all the way down to 15 to the Redskins. I guess there really wasn't anybody in there that would take him. I'd say maybe Oakland, but definitely not at four. Buccaneers, no. Those are four and five. Uh, Daniel Jones, six. Jaguars, they got Foles, Stafford's Lions, Bills, Bills have Josh Allen. I could have seen them taking him, but they just draft a guy first round. You can't draft quarterbacks in back-to-back first rounds. But it made sense for the Cardinals because that's Kingsbury's guy. And we'll see if they can make it work. Um, Bengals, no, even though they probably should draft another quarterback. (laughs) probably not till later though um, Green Bay obviously not, Dolphins could probably use the quarterback, I don't even know who they have down there honestly um, and then 14 is the Falcons and 15 Dwayne Haskins, that makes sense uh, they got Case Keenum there, Alex Smith's hurt but uh, he might be in the room still so we learned some from him let's uh, say that? that's somebody else, I don't know Who knows? You might get be able to play right away. Uh, Yeah, that was pretty much the story of the draft, and then the Raiders took a run. uh, Alabama's running back Josh Jacobs. So he drafted running back in first round. When people always tell you not to do that, Uh, the Eagles, my team, drafted Andre Dillard. Uh, from Washington State, offensive tackle. I was a little surprised initially by by this uh, pick, and especially because we traded up to get this pick. We were at like 25, 26 or something. Um, and we traded up. Who did we trade with, the Ravens? Definitely had to be the Ravens, right? Yeah believe we traded with the Ravens from 25 up to 22 and um, Andre and we gave up that pick and a third and fourth round later on which I was surprised by Um, because I was like how can you not you can wait a little bit and not give up three picks you know for one but ended up taking Andre Dillard, and the more the guys on the TV talked about it, the more it made sense. Um, You know, honestly, I didn't know the guy. Um, At first, I was shocked because I was like, why did they take offense tackle? We got Lane Johnson, the right tackle. He's one of the best in the league. And obviously, Jason Peters, our left tackle, Hall of Famer, um, you know, perennial, all pro, all pro. Um But he is getting up there in the years. Like, he's going to retire here sooner or later. I think he only has one year left on his deal or maybe re-signed a one-year deal. Um, So then it made sense, you know, maybe not have Diller replace Jason Peters because I think the... The assumption was that eventually, you know, honestly, I thought Peters would, Jason Peters would retire a long time before, not a long time, but maybe last year or this year or the year before. Um, So he stuck around, but I think the plan was always to move Lane Johnson to left tackle because that's where he played in college and he was just nasty there. Um, But Peters has been relatively healthy. He has got injured a bunch later in his years. Um, he has kind of lost a step. Um, but so either now, you know, maybe Peters will, you know, we got Andre Dillard and, you know, it kind of makes sense now because they really want to bolster and keep that line, you know, set for years to come because we got Carson Wentz for years to come. Uh, build a franchise around him. And, you know, Lane Johnson's already – one of the best right tackles in the game, if not the best, because usually the best tackle plays on the left, because but because the future Hall of Famer Jason Peters over on the left, and I can't, I don't know if he ever played a right right tackle. It'd probably fuck him up. Uh, he probably wouldn't know where he is on the field. He'd probably get confused. <laughs> not really, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. No, no, have Dillard in case Peters gets hurt or even Case Lane Johnson get hurt gets hurt. Um, he looked like a solid guy and from what I was hearing that this guy was our number one, you know, tackle that we thought we could get, you know, at our original position. And he was still available. Come twenty two and everyone pretty much knew the Texans who were sitting at twenty three would take an offensive tackle. Because their biggest need was just offensive linemen. and um, you know they kind of needed to get a solid pass protecting tackle on the left side um, to protect uh, his bl- to te- to protect Deshaun Watson's backs- blind side. So the Eagles and pretty much everybody in the league knew that they would choose the tackle, and I think the Eagles didn't want them to take their top guy potentially. Uh, I guess they really like Dillard and from the tape I saw he looked really good. He looked really athletic and versatile. you know might even possibly be able to push him in a fucking guard spot if need be. Um, so I think it was a, a pretty good pick and a very good pick for the future. You know a lot of times the first round you want a guy to plug in there and to start playing right away and he I think he probably definitely could. Um, but he doesn't need to. Uh, he take some time learn the system uh learn on the pass protection audibles, things like that. Uh be able to ad- identify matchups at the line, uh be able to help other guys at that lineup. Uh you know, communicate with the other offensive linemen. Um and yeah, you can learn from one of the best in the, ever to do it in Jason Peters and you know, guy in Lane Johnson that looks like he might be one of the best too. Not saying he'd be a future Hall of Famer possibly, but uh definitely a Pro Bowl guy. Especially at right tackle, because usually the right tackle is just the other tackle, but but Lane Johnson's nasty. He's one of the best. He could be. He could be one of the best left tackles in the game for sure. And um, as I said, I'm just repeating myself now. <laughs> um, yeah, just staying on the football train. Russell Wilson. Signed a new extension, I believe. I didn't write down the number, so I'll just look it up. Russell Wilson signs four extensions with the Seahawks. Four years, $87.6 million. Damn. Previous larger was Aaron Rodgers, five year, $110 million damn that's insane so he's now being he's now the highest paid they have a 31 million dollar signing bonus that's insane that's crazy he only made 2 million his first 3 seasons <laughs> now this man just got a 31 million dollar signing bonus 4 years 80 million so at least 20 million per year 87 million so about 22 million a year which is crazy um so he'll be around for a while at least 4 years and dude he got paid congrats he deserves it um yeah he's a solid I mean he's a solid player and one thing I saw is interesting. I think it was right after, or it might have been right before his deal. It had to be after. He gave twelve thousand dollars of Amazon stock to each one of his offensive linemen, which is crazy. You know, say he just gave it all to the starters. That's twelve k times five. What is that? I don't know. Seventy thousand bucks. That's more than I make a year. So what the fuck. And he just handed it out to his coworkers, cause he was feeling generous. I mean, he did just inherit thirty one million by signing a piece of paper. I mean, do he had to do a lot of hard work before that? Obviously, and win a lot of games, won a Super Bowl, went to another Super Bowl, and then he lost and threw an interception on the two yard line. Um, so that was just really a good play by the by Malcolm Butler. But yeah. He. That's yeah, fucking crazy. You know how much money that is twelve thousand dollars worth of Amazon stock, and how much potentially that'd be worth in the future. Amazon stocks—it's at like I don't even fucking know. Last time I looked, it was around four hundred, five hundred bucks for one. Amazon stock price. Are you kidding me right now? Is it 2000 What the fuck? What the fuck? What? That's insane. And I know the last time I looked at it was a couple of years ago, but now it's at $2,000 essentially for... One share at Amazon, you gotta pay two grand. That's crazy, man. What the fuck? That's crazy. Wow, that just shocked the fuck out of me. Jesus, that's making my head and my head, my gears turn it's like i should have invested when it was 400 when i had 12 dollars to my name (laughs) um yeah uh dukes men basketball i believe signed some uh, the top three recruit and i believe now they have the top recruiting class coming in for next year again um which would be cool uh I know I'm kind of just a bandwagon Duke fan because I've never been to Duke. I've never seen a Duke game. Well, I've watched a lot of games on TV. I've um, never seen live. don't have any family aff- affiliation with them Anything, anything. The only thing I can claim is that I grew up in Virginia, um, Virginia Beach, which is really close to the North Carolina border. It was pretty close to North Carolina, but it wasn't really close to Duke. Duke's a little further, it's a couple hours away, and again, I never went there, I don't think I ever even drove through the city, Um, and if I did, I just don't remember, Um, but yeah, I've always liked them since I was younger, and I think it's because somebody gave me a Duke men's basketball long sleeve t-shirt, now that I remember it. I don't even know who it was. I'm guessing either my mom or dad. But it was just a t-shirt. It wasn't like, oh, here's Duke. Like, we love Duke. It was just a regular t-shirt. I'm not even sure where they got it from. It, like, steal it off some some poor kid or something. I don't know. Some Duke fan. Like, they didn't like Duke. And they are like, I'm going to steal this, your shirt and give it to my son. <laughs> I don't know. They're probably not. <laughs> what? And... <laughs> honestly I think I ended up liking Duke because my brother liked UNC <laughs> I always tried to like everything he didn't like he likes the Yankees so I like the Red Sox <laughs> but yeah it's cool being a, a Duke fan because you always get to see the best players in the country play uh, you can just watch that team don't watch anybody else just watch their games you'll see the best players you'll see Zion Williamson, and RJ Barrett um Bunch of other guys, you know, Brandon Ingram was there. Uh, Tyus Jones, I always like Tyus Jones when he played at Duke. Probably nobody knows who he is anymore. Jay Billis. <laughs> Not too many guys from Duke have been great NBA players. It just seemed weird. Um, I've Grant Hill. But I don't know. Um, going off sports stuff um so Nathan Ivaldi pitcher for the Red Sox starting pitcher right hander I know on one of my past episodes I talked about how he had some elbow problems so he was on the 10 day injury list Uh, ends up being he needed surgery so I believe he had surgery it might have been Monday this week so a few days ago um and that, you know, the Red Sox didn't give a timetable for his return, but sources are saying, you know, the surgery typically takes four to six weeks. Um, you know, and that's usually just to heal and get back to 100%. And then once you get back to, you know, kind of 100%, you've got you to gotta get back into playing, playing shape. You know, he's a pitcher, it won't be that much, but he'll... If it's his throwing elbow, it's going to take a while. You know, that's going to take a while to get back to being 100%. That's something that's going to take a couple months. And honestly, he might not be 100% till come playoff time, if we make the playoffs. Um, that's what we'll need him or come September. So I hope they just take it slow. Uh, it's still very early in the season. Um, Red Sox did get behind there. Uh you know, early to start out, start out this season. But we won a couple games in a row now, especially against the Rays. No longer last. We were eight games down at once now, sitting at five and a half back. Two game winning streak. Uh, we're at home. for the Next couple games. Yeah, eleven and fifteen right now. Still under five hundred, but. You know, we're still there. I think we're still on the hunt and we're still uh still got a shot. And like I said, it's still early. Eleven fifteen, so I've only really played what, twenty six games. Somehow that doesn't add up in my head, but that's definitely right. Uh also, you know, piggybacking off the Red Sox, um, uh, this rookie, Chavis, I don't know his first name, honestly. I probably should know that. Uh, He's been playing pretty solid. He's been playing second base. Uh, Michael Chavis, that's what I thought. Um, Because we got a hole at second base. Pedroya's hurt. Um, I was hoping he'd be back, you know, actually be healthy and be able to play. I don't think the Red Sox were honestly counting on it. Um, I think they were probably hoping, but we got a bunch of guys that could play second base. Um,. I mean, pretty much any infielder can play second base. Uh, it's the shortest throw, so really as long as you have a decent arm, you can make pretty much any throw from second. Uh, if you have any athletic ability, you know, any former shortstop or any shortstop can play second. Uh, I think third baseman can play second as well. Um, depending on the third base, that you'd have to be a little more athletic at second and quick. You know, some third basemen are kind of uh, – you know, thick, stocky dudes, and just, uh, you know, they're good at the reaction plays, uh, but not necessarily going, you know, left to right 15 feet in the hole and make a, you know, a Jeter-esque throw, a jumping throw, or, you know, a throw on the run to first space. um, Definitely some guys can, like for the Red Sox, for instance, which is what I've been talking about. <laughs> uh, they So Petroya is out, but I don't think he was going to play anyways. I think they were probably going to switch it between Eduardo Nunez and Brock Holt. And Nunez would sometimes play third as well, give Rafael Devers a break. He's a young third baseman who's really starting to come into his own. Uh, I don't know how his numbers are looking right now, but he's a solid... Uh, Moby player, I think he's proved that already. Um, essentially, you No know, Pedroia at second, and then Brock Holt, who you know easily could play second. This man could play anywhere. He could play short. He could play third. I'd uh, probably want to have him at short because uh, that's where Bogarts would play. Um, he could probably play any outfield, or I know he could play any outfield position. And um, you know he's hurt as well. And Water Nunez is also out to play second base. Uh, so they brought up uh, Michael Chavis. And I don't know if they brought up Sui Lin. I forget how to say his name. Um, but he played second for a little bit. Uh, and he's a very good defensive player. Not the best with the bat, but he's very athletic. He can make it pretty much every defensive play. Um, yeah, he's not even on the roster anymore. Oh, no, yeah, he is. Sue Whalen. <coughs> Bless me. From uh, <coughs> from Taiwan. I know. Oh, this guy, Michael Chavis, who I didn't know, is out of Marietta, Georgia. He's from Marietta, Georgia. i like 23 years old. But he's been looking solid. He's already hit two home runs. He hit a home run last night, uh pretty much won the Red sox the game um they have him listed as third baseman as his position, but he's been playing second with uh with those injuries and he stepped in there he's done pretty good and it's cool to see you know guys make their m l b debut and you know also you know actually make an impact and not just strike the fuck out all the time. He's already got two home runs, four RBI. He's batting two twenty two, but I think... You know, when I was growing up... um, Batting average was huge. It was a very big statistic. It was the statistic. Um, But I think more and more, it doesn't matter, really, in baseball. People are more concerned with on-base percentage and slugging percentage. You know, essentially slugging on base percentage is your on base percentage it's how many times you get on base it's not just getting hits it's if you gotta walk if you got hit by pitch if you um i don't know get up do you i don't think they give you do they give you on base if you get on for an error i don't know but You know, and then your slugging percentage is essentially how effective it is your hits when you get a hit. Um, So, yeah, it's been a while since I've actually looked at it. But I'm pretty sure slugging percentage is, you just take your average. So if you hit all singles, his percentage would be 222. But then if you hit all doubles, it's double that. It's times 2. So it'd be 444. If you hit all triples, it'd be triple that. If you hit all all home runs, it's quadruple that, times it by four. So essentially, it's counting bases and not really hits. So you're just counting how effective your hits are. A double counts twice as much as a hit. So essentially, you get like one at bat. Um, So if you get in at bat, here, i am run through a scenario, and I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Fuck it. First at bat, you hit a double. So right now, your slugging percentage is what? Well, his average would be 100. I don't know. I don't know how this works. I'm guessing, I think his slugging percentage would be 2,000, you know, or 2. Um, then, let's say you strike out your next at bat. So then slugging percentage would be half that. Yeah. So it'd be one. Because essentially you have two at bats where one at bat you got a double. And the next at bat you did nothing. So the average of that is one. If that makes sense. The average of your effectiveness of getting on base, you know, is one. You got... You're pretty much, you know, because you hit that double, it's like it being on base on your second time. I don't know, man. This is confusing. I'm confusing my fucking self. So what if you strike out again? Or you just get out again. You don't get a hit. Does it cut a half again? No, because then it'd be one for three, and your average would be three thirty three, because you, but because you hit a double that that one hit counts for two so it's really like you're when you take your count uh, when you take your slugging percentage into account it's like you're actually two for three that's what it's like so you're actually one for three you'd hit a double strike out and a ground out your batting average is one for three because you're one for three for getting a hit but because the double you had, it's like, it's essentially, it's like having two hits and one hit and one at, and one at bat, <laughs> I think, I'm, I don't even want to think about it anymore, but all I'm trying to say is this guy's slugging percentage is at 611, so it's pretty good, his on base is 391, close to 400, so he gets on base almost 40% of the time, and his OPS on on, a, on base percentage plus slug, slugging, just combining those two numbers is one. Essentially, I think anything over one is good. I think I don't fucking know, but I did read Moneyball. And I think that's what they said. But who knows how the things have changed since then. In that book, that book came out before there was really too much technology and big data and you know large databases where you could gather all this information instantaneously and you know output it. You know, let's take another guy for example, like. Su Wei Lin, his batting average is only 154, and his on-base is 154, so he has not any walks or anything like that, he hasn't been hit by a pitch, and his slugging is 231, you add those together, on-base and slugging, his OPS is 385, that's not very good, that's not very good, man, so yeah, that's why I said he's not the best hitter, but he's good, uh, he's a good uh defensive utility man and really that's all I had written down for today I did have some random thoughts pop in my head when I before I was starting this and it was like some really deep insightful things but that was honestly just the weed you know trying to reevaluate and be self-aware about myself and um how shitty I can be but also recognizing that although I'm it's not that I'm a shitty person I just I don't like lying to people so a lot of times when instead of just saying yeah I agree with you with something dumb I hear or something I disagree with it doesn't even have to be dumb, it could just be something I disagree with, um, instead of just shaking it off and just being like, yeah, that's cool, or yeah, you're right, or whatever, a lot, of, I just have to put my fucking one, yeah, but, yeah, but what about this, you know, just that, did you look at it from this point of view, and it's not even like I'm saying your point of view is wrong. I'm just trying to say, hey, there's more than one point of view. Um, Because there always is with anything, you know, unless it's a horrific crime and there's evidence and you have, you know, all the evidence to prove it in a court of law. It's, there's pretty much only one view. But even in that circumstance, um, the perpetrator, the guy committing the crime is going to have a differing view as well he might have a motive at why he did it, or a reason, or he might not, and he's just fucking crazy, you know, there are crazy people out there that just do fucked up shit for no reason, um, and I'm not one of them, I don't think, um, <laughs> uh, even though I do like talking shit to my friends, and that's fun, but I think that's just, that's just what friends do, um, especially guy friends, uh, fucking girls do it too they would be like what's up bitch I just, it's just a, a human thing it's a bonding thing to shit on your friends cause you know you're just playing around um, but I don't know you know I wish I could be more friendly, more neighborly more more I don't know that's really it just night, it's not even nicer to people because I feel like I'm pretty nice. I'm not usually like a straight up dick to anybody. Um, you know, I don't try to be an asshole to anybody, it's not like I'm trying to make you feel like a piece of shit. Um, I just think a lot of people take me that way because you know, I am an emotional person, I do get emotional, I do cry sometimes, I laugh a lot. Um, I do get angry sometimes, I get happy as well, but when I'm speaking, especially if I'm talking um, about a topic or something that's just going on, that's happening like in the moment, or, you know, you're having a discussion with somebody, just back and forth about something, it's like, you don't have to be, I don't know, you're just having a fucking conversation, I... Instead of, you know, a lot of people just go along with what other people say all the time and just like, yeah, man, like, cool, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, because, you know, either they're too busy looking at their phones or thinking about, you know, why their boyfriend hasn't texted them back yet or why, you know, this or that or why, you know, some new song is out or why some new celebrity beef is going on or what's ha- what did Donald Trump say today um, you know, everyone's all caught up in the fucking mix, you know, myself included, I get fucking trapped in those Twitter worm, wormholes sometimes, you just get caught, you know, um, scrolling through feed for fucking half hour or whatever, you know, I don't do it as often as I did before, definitely, I rarely do it now, um, But instead of just, yeah, when I'm actually talking to somebody or trying to discuss something or, you know, you think we might just be having a conversation and I think that as well. Yeah, we're just talking, but like if we're going to have a conversation, I'm not going to half-ass the conversation unless if I'm in a mood I don't want to connect with you. But if I'm trying to connect and grow and build and be a better individual, a better person, try to see differing points of views and maybe... You know, help somebody else see a different point of view as well. I'm not saying my point of view is right or correct or accurate. Um, but I have opinions about things. And, you know, oftentimes I'm wrong. And I'm I'm willing to change my mind. Um, but in order to change your mind, you have to be willing to listen to other people. And engage other people in discussion. Instead of being caught in the fucking, whatever, the Twitter sphere or the web or... Netflix all day, or I don't even know anything, it's just what? I know I only really have I have less than four minutes left and since you just me, cutie I'm probably just gonna end it now um yeah, I don't I don't know, man people who are so emotional and just clouds fucking reason and it clouds you know myself too i get angry but also the and i don't know if i want to go into this i only have three minutes left i'm not even gonna go into it <laughs> but people are so emotional and reactional like if you even present a differing view than the fucking narrative they've already told themselves and you know, all the friends they surround themselves with and the same exact people they, s- they talk to every day. You know, nobody's really different than them. No one thinks different than them. Uh, no one has a unique set of mind. They just accept everything that is told to them by their friends, by their colleagues, by the media, by advertisements. Uh, they just accept whatever they think you know, portray as smart to be the truth. Which, yeah, I, I mean, I do that too. I follow people who I trust to tell me the, to, you know, not like they're directly telling me the truth, but at least be tr- try to be truthful in the subjects they're speaking about. Or at least hear from experts on subjects to diagnose and, you know, make an informed opinion on my own account and not just, you know, gurgitate the same fucking shit at the last thousand people before you said that have the same fucking haircut and you know you guys all wear the same eyeliner and I guess I'm talking about females here <laughs> I'm just really talking about how why females be so emotional <laughs> I can't even just like have a conversation with you about things um but then, I guess I can't have an emotional conversation. What are you feeling? Tell me what you're feeling. I'm not feeling anything. I'm feeling I want to watch this movie and it's pretty cool. It's got my heart beat racing um and I'm hungry, and my balls are tingling. That's what I'm feeling. Um, that's it. <laughs> you know unless I'm in love with you, I'm not feeling much. <laughs> except what's going on around or maybe we're having a great conversation and connecting emotionally on some sort of past experiences or even an intellectual conversation or just discussion back and forth, exchange of ideals, you know, but, I don't know. let's keep our mind open, I'm trying to keep my mind as open as well, um, you know, I don't want to be single forever. I want a girlfriend. but So I guess I got to deal with these emotions someday. You know, settle down sometime. But, you know, and eventually I'd want a family. But we'll see. Who knows? I only got 20 seconds left, so we're signing off. I love you guys. It's Friday. Let's have a high day And I'm going to let my cat outside because she won't stop whining. And I love her. And I want her to be happy. And I love you too.